On this episode, we're going to compare the SEP IRA and a solo 401k for fit pros. You're going to learn what the contribution limits are, what the deadline is for the SEP IRA and the 401k, and lastly, how to take advantage of lower profits in your business with your retirement accounts. As always, if this episode helped you or brings you value, please do me a favor and share it with a friend. Thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome to Build Your Wealth Muscle, a podcast dedicated to helping fitness entrepreneurs build wealth by saving taxes and growing their money. Each episode will break down different strategies in the areas of business, tax, and retirement planning specifically for your coaching business. Disclaimer, the topics covered in this podcast are for educational purposes only. This is not advice for your specific situation please consult a qualified financial or tax professional before making any changes to your financial or tax situation. Now here's your host, certified financial planner and tax advisor, Pat Darby. Welcome to episode 50. Pretty surprised we actually got this high, so that's pretty exciting. Today we're going to, well, Sorry, before I dive into the episode itself, I want to remind if anyone's new listening, welcome. I really appreciate you helping us grow. Hopefully you get a lot of value out of today's episode. But just as a reminder, there's two show formats that we work with here. The first one is what you're hearing today, a solo podcast episode that is allowing us to go really deep on specific areas of the financial side of your business, financial, tax-related wealth management. Today, we're going to kind of hit two of those three. And then the other type of episode is where we bring on a guest and they have areas of expertise. Either they are a colleague of yours, another coach, and they're going to talk about what they're doing that's that's going well and maybe some mistakes they've avoided that you can learn from, as well as people that support your industry in areas outside of myself. Like they may be a marketing or sales expert or legal expert, and they work in the online coaching space. So again, today's episode is going to be a solo, and we're really going to dive deep into a question that maybe a lot of you have, and I do my best to try to come up with these episodes from what I'm hearing in the beginning, I was just coming up with things that are topic or topical based on the the deadlines. And I do that as much as I can, but this actually from a question I was recently asked and it was the second or third time I've heard this question. So I was like, you know, let, let me do a deep dive on the, the podcast. So hopefully I can help more people. So the question is basically, should you be using a SEP IRA or a solo 401k and how do you sort of compare the two for your business? And so we're going to dive into the the differences between the two of them. And I'll give my overall recommendations towards the end. Well, I'll pepper in there throughout the, throughout the time that we have together. Hopefully I'm not going to go too long today. Aiming as always for like around 30 minutes, but let's just dive right in again. I'll pepper out, pepper throughout what I think are the pros and cons. In general, you're going to hear a lot more pros towards the solo 401k side, because as you're going to hear throughout this episode, you get a little bit more upside, for lack of a better term, um, as you start breaking it down. But there's some advantages that you're going to see here. So I'll get some of the advantage. So let me just take a step back for those who may be completely unfamiliar. A SEP IRA stands for a Simplified Employee Pension Plan. So one of the biggest advantages is they are very simple to put together. And one of the other advantages is that you can, it requires 
what's the best way I can describe it? It's, it's one of the only things you may have available to you, depending on when you're filing your taxes. So because of that flexibility, a lot of people sort of back into these because they sit down with their tax preparer or their financial person. And hopefully that financial person has tax expertise. And then it might be too late to be like, okay, well, what can I do if we're, you know, I'm recording this in September of 2022 for people who are on extension for trying to look for a strategy for 2021. They're probably going to hear about the SEP for 2021 because that's all that's really available still for you. So that's one of the reasons I, I'm recording this today is because that might be you. You might be sitting down with your accountant over the next few weeks, either for if you're a, excuse me, an S corp, if you're on extension, your deadline is September 15th. If you are a regular LLC or a sole proprietorship, your deadline is October 15th. So a SEP IRA may be the only thing available to you if you're looking to do a retirement account for 2021. So again, we'll compare that with the solo 401k. But let's first dive into what well, we sort of talked about the, the deadlines already, but let's talk about the contribution limits. So each one has the same contribution limits of $61,000 for 2022. It's increased if, you're, if you have the catch up, but I'm going to leave that out because I think the majority of people listening do not are not eligible for the catch-up based on your age. So let's keep it as simple as possible for you, $61,000 till you're over the age 50. So for a SEP, let me take that off because I don't know if that's making a clicking sound. Sorry. So for a SEP, the way it's calculated, that's that $61,000, it's based on essentially 25% of your compensation. Now, let me break that down a little bit because that's the official rule, 25%. But it has really two components to it. And I think this is what throws people off because if you're a sole proprietorship or a, an LLC that is not taxed as an S-corp, so we're just basically talking about most people, the sole props, the LLCs, it's really closer to 20%. And I'm not going to make that too complicated. Just make that the back of the envelope math. But the reason, because like, if you talk to someone who doesn't really have a ton of expertise in this area, they might say, oh, it's 25%. And you might be confused because you also hear the tax people saying, well, it's 20%. The difference that what they're saying is you calculate that 25% after you've deducted the contribution itself. So to make that simple, if you're going to do like a $100,000 profitable business, the amount that you contribute is deducted. So now you're really not taking it from a hundred. You might be taking, you know, cause like 25% be like that $25,000. You're really taking that number and that's your contribution amount. So it really ends up becoming after you do, do the deduction closer to 20%. So to make that math a little bit clearer for people. You take the profit of your business, the net income, and since you're the owner of the business, and in this hypothetical scenario, you have no employees, you would base it on 20%. So this is where you'll start to see like it, the, the main differences come to fruition when you're talking about a solo 401k versus a SEP IRA. Because if you want to maximize this, which most people most people do, if you want to maximize it, you're going to need to have a business generating roughly three hundred and five thousand dollars 
of net profit in a sole proprietorship or a one-member LLC to get your 20%, which is around $61,000 to max it out. So that's a lot. And again, that's that may be your only choice depending on the deadline, but you should have already had the conversation because you're going to pay a lot in self-employment taxes if your business is doing $305,000. So someone's probably already talking to you where they should be if that's if that's you if you're making multi six figures like that how you might be looking to get into the solo 401k world. Now, if you are sorry, did I say solo 401k? Yeah, I, I meant the uh, the S corp world and then in turn you're going to be having the conversation about a solo 401k once you pivoted to the S corp. Now here's why. Now the 25% rule is clean in the S corp because it's 25% of your W2 salary. So as a quick recap for people who may, may not have as much familiarity with an S corp, the profit of your business gets paid to you in two different ways. So if you're a regular sole proprietorship and you have a hundred thousand dollars worth of Profit, that's it's simple. Your your tax person is going to fill out a Schedule C showing all of your revenue, all of your expenses, and then it's going to spit out a hundred thousand dollar number, which gets paid to you basically as all owners draws. It makes it very simple, but that's how the the pass-through entity works as a sole proprietorship or a one-member LLC. In an S Corp. In that exact same scenario, the business has you know $100,000 worth of profit, you as the owner are going to get paid in two separate ways. We're going to give you a salary, a W-2 salary, so you become an employee of your own business. And then the, in that scenario, let's say let's 40% of that income you want to pay yourself as a salary, so that's the 40. The other 60 becomes what's called owner's draws or owner's distributions, depending on, you know, those are basically, those terms are used interchangeably, but your owner's distributions would be the 60% or 60,000. So that's why you, you see how the numbers start to get a little bit different, where if you're a sole proprietorship, it's 20% of that 100,000 in the scenario where you are the employee of your own business, an S corp. Now you're at a clean 25%, but only on the part that we called the W2. That's the 40,000 we said before. So obviously in that scenario, you've only, you've dropped yourself down in the, in the SEP IRA world to only being able to do $10,000 because that's 25%. That $60,000, which we called all your owner's distributions, those are not eligible for your SEP IRA. So just be aware of those distinctions because once you go into the S-Corp world, which most tax experts would advise because that self-employment tax is also known as FICA, like it's basically made up of your Social Security, your Medicare. Those are the taxes that we're trying to get away from because those are quite expensive. They're around 15% for the first, call it 150,000. It's slightly less than that, but call it 150,000. You will be paying about 15%, slightly higher on that first 150K. And then it continues in perpetuity around 3% or so. And so the S Corp puts a limit on that, depending on where you set your salary. 
So that's very critical because once you, you don't want to do one without the other for most of the time, because once you switch out of the S corp, sorry, once you switch out of the sole proprietor world or the LLC world, you probably also want to get away from the SEP IRAs. And this is part of the conversation that you need to have with your tax expert or your CFO, your financial planner. Hopefully they're all talking to each other if they don't physically have the same job for you. Because when you do switch to the S Corp, or if you switch, obviously I'm not telling you what to do, but I'll give you the numbers so you can make your own decision. There are administrative functions that are that need to be factored into the equation. And if your goal is to keep maximizing retirement accounts, the cost of a solo 401k compared to a SEP IRA, it's it's not necessarily high. You know, some of the ones that I'm dealing with it you're only paying, you know, four or $500 a year to start it. And then maybe even less than that to maintain it, but it's not free. A lot of times the SEP IRAs can be free to start. You know, most major financial institutions will gladly just let you open an account for free. Your accountant tells you what you can put in it and then you fund it and you're done. So again, that, that S in SEP IRA stands for simplified. That's part of it. It's simplified. It's often free. When you go into the 401k world, you're, for the most part, you're abandoning the word free. There are some exceptions to that. And quite frankly, I, I would be, well, if you find the free ones that you like, just go for it. I'm not going to weigh in on that. I personally don't like the free ones for my clients, but that's something we'll talk about in a minute. Why that is. Okay. So that's part of the equation. So we just to recap that last one, because it, it was a lot of number ups throwing out. And obviously this is an audio podcast. So if you're not, if you're a visual person like myself, this is probably not the easiest way to digest this information, but for the time being, I don't have the ability to get you to YouTube and stuff. So that may be coming. Although my Web designer was supposed to do that. Unfortunately, had some health issues and had to discontinue working with me. Hopefully, he's feeling better, but and comes back eventually. But that will delay my plans to get a lot of these because they're all being recorded on Riverside, so that you can see me. But I don't have like I'm not doing anything on a whiteboard or anything. But so hopefully that tangent was in some way helpful. But anyway, back to the details. So we just talked about getting the what are the contribution limits and how they're calculated. So basically, twenty percent for sole proprietors, 25% of S-Corps, just your salary. Okay. So now if you want to max it out on the S-Corp side for a SEP IRA, again, your salary would have to be very high. It would have to be about $244,000 to max out a SEP IRA because that's 244,000, 25% of that is 61,000. So that wouldn't make sense for a lot of people unless you are making into the seven figures and obviously then your salary would be that high. But there's ways to max it out much lower if you're going to go with the solo 401k route. Because on the solo 401k side, the contributions are basically the lesser of your salary or 100%. So if you're only paying yourself 30,000, approximately 30,000 is your maximum versus in the SEP, you're still going to be having that 25% restriction. So you start to see with, with that calculation alone, why most people, if you're playing the game and you're trying to keep your salary as low as possible, 
in the S-Corp world, because that's the whole point. Once you go in the S-Corp, you want your salary to be as low as legally possible. The reasonable compensation is based on a number of factors, but the game that you're playing with the IRS is, I want to pay myself as low as of a salary without getting in trouble. So that starts to work against your SEP IRA plan, because the lower your salary, the lower you can put into your contributions. Whereas once you switch into the solo 401k world, again, your salary might be low, but you get a hundred percent of it to maximize the solo 401k. Now it's not quite a hundred percent only because, and for people that want to get technical, this is maybe helpful information, but it's also helpful because you have to run these numbers by your accountant. So it's not quite a hundred percent only because what you have to back out of that number is what your employee contribution side of self-employment taxes were. So if you were, just to give you a a back of the envelope math example, if you wanted to max out that 61,000, you can't pay yourself 61,000 because on that 61,000, you would have approximately $5,000 worth of employee taxes that would be withheld. So you'd have to pay yourself close to like 66,000 to put in the 61, which is cool. Cause again, if you're looking at the SEP IRA, if you paid yourself 66,000, well, I wasn't ready to say that, but let me just quickly fire up the calculator. <laughs> Thank you guys for bearing with me. Yeah. That same 66,000, you would be putting in 16,500 in the SEP. So you can see the big disparity on what you're able to do. So that's the contribution side to get to $61,000 for 2022. Now let's circle back to the deadlines. Cause again, I might've, you might be sitting there listening saying, well, this is a no brainer. I, I really need to do the solo 401k for my business, not the SEP. And for 2022, I totally agree with you because again, it, there's ways to do it fairly cost effectively and the ability to pack in more money per dollar you're paying yourself in in wages in w2 wages to be clear the solo 401k is going to win most of those battles but let's talk about 2021 again for 2021 you don't really have a lot of choices because the deadline to do these things for the solo 401k that deadline is december 31st of 2021 if you wanted to maximize that. So you've missed the employee window for 2021 if you're having this conversation now. However, in the SEP IRA world, if you're on extension right now, which let's hypothetically say that you are, then your S-Corp deadline again was September 15th or is September 15th because as I'm recording this, that's not hit yet. So you could still sit down with your accountant, make that contribution and get that tax deduction for 2021. And again, you're using the the dollars you have right now. So in theory, you're using the profits of 2022 to fund it and you're going to get the deduction in 2021. Now that's for the S Corp people. If you are a sole proprietorship or an LLC that's taxed like a sole proprietorship, you have until October 15th to do this. And again, your accountant can do the math for you. But if you're on extension, this is a viable option for 2021 still. So in that scenario, I 
I highly recommend you have that conversation with your tax person because once once they file for you, you have had to have already had this, this conversation because that math needs to be built into the tax preparation, obviously. So before I dive into a little bit more information about what I think are the ways to look at this and what you should do going forward for people that want to make this decision for 2022, since you have every opportunity to do either one for 2022 still, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Maybe, maybe for you guys, it's not, but that's employees. Employees throw all of this into a little bit of a mess because you're, these are retirement accounts. So you're obligated to help the people that work for you. That's a legal obligation, which I actually agree with. You know, you don't, it's not fair that the people helping you build your empire from a retirement account perspective, you don't let them participate, but there's ways to get around it. So with it, with a SEP, the way it works is you have to include anybody who's worked with you three of the last five years. That's over 21. And that is made over $650 last year or during this year. Sorry. So the $650 one is probably not an issue for most people because if they're an actual employee, now, so sorry, the, to be clear, these are employees, not your, not your vendors, not your contractors who are legitimate 1099s. And I have a separate podcast very recently. I forget it was episode 48. I believe it aired two weeks ago, but it's episode 48 where I talked about how your employee is set not by you, but by the guidelines of the state you're in and the IRS. So, but this is the stuff that, so if you listen to that episode and you heard me towards the end say that the punitive damages are substantial if you have employees that you've called contractors, but were really employees all the time, and you are sitting there funding your SEP IRA or your solo 401k for years, and you have all these contractors that are legally employees by the definition of the IRS or the state you live in, this is the stuff that they're talking about in terms of punitive damages, because they'll say, you've been putting, you've been maximizing your SEP IRA for four years. You know, Johnny employee over here, he's been working with you this entire time and he's been eligible for this plan for the last four years. And you should, you are obligated to pay 25% of what he should have been his salary into this plan. So now you see how expensive that could be because just to keep the math simple, let's say Johnny junior coach that's working for you and Susie junior coach, the two of them are each making a hundred K as 1099 employees. But the IRS decides these were legitimately employees of yours you should have been paying 25% of their salaries into this. So that's $25,000 for Johnny, $25,000 for Susie, that each year, that's what you legally owed them into their SEP IRA that you weren't doing because you were calling them contractors, even though, and again, they might have been loving that because now they're business owners, they're doing their own thing, but the IRS doesn't, doesn't care about that. They would say, no, you were obligated to do this so you owe them, you owe the $25,000 per year per person plus interest and penalties. So you can see how it can get very expensive if you've got a full team of people that you've miscategorized. Whether it was on purpose or by accident, it can be very expensive, especially if you feel like you're doing the right thing 
and maximizing all of your retirement accounts. And you may be, but that's, that's why it's really helpful to, to have people of all different expertise looking in, in your business, because that's an important piece that get, that can easily get missed. And this can easily get missed as well, not to give a shameless plug for my firm, but I harp on it a lot that the, the, I don't say the damages, but when you have a financial advisor who's specifically in your personal life only, maybe they work for one of the big guys and all they're saying to you is how much money did you make last year? And then you tell them and say, oh, well, it looks like you're eligible for this much of your SEP IRA contribution. And then you just fund it and you're done. Maybe your accountant does the same thing. You just, they just look at the P&L and file your taxes. And they've never really sat down and say, do these contractors that work for you, do they work for anybody else? And like start to go through the process of saying, well, we might have a problem here. And again, all these people might be giving you really good advice, but with blinders on. So they could be missing things if they're not looking at the big picture and the things they're missing. Again, I often feel like in that scenario, like when I had my financial advisor and my CPA in my first business right out of college that I was making a ton of mistakes, they were giving me what to them was good advice. What to me in hindsight was not good advice because it wasn't applicable to some of the variables that were going on in my business life. So that's without seeing the full picture, you can miss some of these things. So let's get back to the eligibility rule because it is critical for the SEP IRA. The eligibility is three years of the last five. If they work for you for that amount of time for the last three of the three of the last five years, they're eligible for this plan and you owe them whatever you put away for you. You have to put away for them. It's even Steven there. When it comes to the solo 401k, same thing. The whole, the whole word solo means you don't have any employees. Now you can throw your spouse on there. That doesn't, that doesn't count. But once you bring on a quote unquote real employee, that's not a spouse, then you need to include them in the plan. And you're no longer doing a solo 401k. You're most likely doing a safe Harbor 401k. And I'm not going to go into all the details of that, but because of the rules in a safe Harbor plan, more often than not as an employer, as the owner of the business, it is more cost effective for you to switch to the safe Harbor plan and maximize your plan versus trying to do it inside of the SEP. So that's another reason once you have a full team or I shouldn't say a full team, anyone on your team, once you are now have an employee that is eligible for these retirement accounts, sit down with an expert when it comes to retirement planning and run these numbers. Because more often than not, the SEP IRA is going to lose this battle in terms of maximizing it compared to your tax liability or maximizing it compared to the, the team that you're trying to also provide this retirement benefit. So you can maximize yours and do what you need to do as the owner of the business and also make sure you're maximizing the requirement for your team. And it's not as much as you think. I mean, I didn't want to go into the details of the safe harbor plan only because I think I'm throwing a lot of math at you guys today. And quite frankly, I feel like it's probably overwhelming. Like I have my notes in front of me, so it's a little easier. I feel like this would be a lot easier for you guys if I was whiteboarding it out or something like that. So here's the, like, if you've taken away from this, okay, the SEP IRA is a great backup plan. Like, hey, I didn't plan anything. 
but I can go back in history and sort of wave a magic wand with a SEP IRA and get things done. I can't do that with a solar 401k. It's, it's a planning tool. You have to see the future and be like, all right, this is what I want to do. So for 2021, my, my opinion for most people, all right, go back in time, do the SEP IRA because it's all you have available to you. For the future, I think you, you'll find, especially if you're, having, if you're making enough money that you're trying to maximize this, you're likely also making enough money that a tax expert could show you the, the advantages for you with the, so, sorry, with the S-Corp. So if you're going to be planning forward and you're, you're having the conversation with your financial team and you're saying, hey, I'm making enough money that I, what's the max? You know, how much can I put in this thing? And they tell you 61,000, you should immediately be, be having the same conversation with, okay, if I'm not an S-Corp, why not? Let's talk about it. Because the two really do go hand in hand, especially because once you switch, if you switch to the S-Corp and don't switch out of the SEP IRA, you're probably going to find your contribution limits plummet, which may not be in sync with the goals you, you had. So now... Now let's talk about planning in the future. Now, this is very time sensitive information. So, you know, God willing, this podcast becomes a huge hit and people find it years from now and are listening to this episode. That would be awesome. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. But here's advice for 2022. And again, I hope it may, remains good advice in the near future, but I want this to be clear. As we're sitting now, we're in pretty favorable tax brackets. So here's the other reason why I, I like the solo 401k versus the SEP. Because as of right now, as I'm recording this, the SEP IRA only allows you to do pre-tax dollars. Meaning that you put the money in, you get a tax deduction. A lot of people like that. But tax planning, I say this on a lot of episodes, but it bears repeating. Tax planning, and actually, quite frankly, this is where I don't mind throwing some accountants under the bus because I feel like accountants, their goal is to try to give you the lowest tax deduction possible this particular year. So you pay the least amount this year. And I get the point of that, but ta true tax planning is trying to get you to pay less over a lifetime. Meaning if I can, if you're in a low tax bracket for whatever reason, like let's say, God forbid you sold a real piece of real estate at a huge loss. So now you have a loss that your accountant's going to roll into this year. And he might be like, Hey, good news. Like, even though you had that unfortunate investment issue that you lost money on that investment property, the good news is you're going to pay $30,000 less in taxes this year. I'm just making up these numbers. The else a tax strategist might come around and say, Whoa, Whoa, you just dropped yourself from one of the high tax brackets down to like, one of the lower tax brackets. And again, I don't want to complicate it with like more math, but if you dropped yourself into a lower tax bracket, it often makes sense. If you think that you're not going to be in that tax bracket very many years because your business does well and your other investments do well, then it might make sense for you to fill that tax bracket back up with retirement account money that will never pay tax again. And that's in the Roth IRA world. And so in the 401k side, you can do a Roth 401k, meaning you don't pay taxes when you pull it out in retirement. You only pay taxes today. In the SEP IRA world, currently, there's, you, 
you can only do the tax deduction side. Now, depending on when you hear this, there is that Secure Act 2.0 that was supposed to make the SEP IRA a little bit more flexible, which a lot of what we talk about today might, the recommendations might change if they start allowing people to do Roth SEP IRAs. And as I understand it, it's still in Congress. I think the House might have passed it and now it's sitting in Congress. So I don't believe that's passed yet. And who knows if it will, but that would change some things because here's where I'll, I'll go with this. And I talked about this on one of the other episodes, but I think it's an important piece of, of tax history that I make a lot of my planning decisions on. And I think it, it bears repeating for people who feel like we're in a high tax bracket right now. Especially if you live in California or New York, you know, you probably feel like you're getting crushed with taxes and you probably are, but I'm just going to give you some history and then you can make your own decisions going forward. Okay. So if we go back to 1981, which I don't know, maybe maybe that's a long time ago, but if you go back to 1981, the top tax bracket was 70% if you were making more than today's equivalent of 330,000. In 1963, if you were making the equivalent of today's equivalent about 1.8 million, your top tax bracket was 91%. That's not a typo, you didn't hear me incorrectly. 91% if you made over the equivalent of 1.8 million dollars. The, in today's dollars, like the numbers, if you go look on the tax sheet are much lower, but again, that's because it was the dollar value of 1963 and the dollar value of 1981. So now we fast forward to today. If you make $1.8 million, your tax rate right now, federally is 37% versus in 1963, it would have been 91%. I, I just think that it's important to realize that now Again, that if you were making three hundred thirty thousand today as a single individual, you would only be at the thirty five percent tax bracket. So it's double. So that's where I, I say that as of right now, even though thirty seven percent is not low, especially you know you're going to add a few other bells and whistles in there. In my opinion tax rates are likely to go higher than lower. That's just my opinion. Again, you can look back to the tax history. It's It typically is much higher than it is today. And depending on how much you're making, there's some other deductions that are available right now if you are willing to pay the taxes. So I am just a big fan of thinking about, thinking about all of this under the assumption that taxes will have to go up. And now again, form your own opinion on it, but here's some here's some realities. Obviously, as I'm recording this, inflation's going crazy. I think we're at 9% if you ask anyone other than the White House. But inflation is off the chart. We printed 40% of all US currency in the last like two years. And before COVID, Social Security was on pace to go bankrupt in 2033. That's before COVID. So if you ask yourself, based on what's happening with Social Security, people living longer, will taxes need to go up or down? My theory is up. 
So when I'm having all these retirement planning conversations with people, you might be at odds with your accountant who's saying, do the, the SEP IRA or do the, the regular 401k and take the tax deduction because I'm going to bring your tax liability down. I, I get their point. But the way I look at it, you might be in the lowest tax bracket now than you might see for decades to come. So I think there is, a, there is some advantages to pushing this money into the Roth side now using the Roth side of the solo 401k, paying the taxes now. And now that money is shielded from taxation. It's going to grow tax-free and you're going to pull it out tax-free. So I think that's a, a super valuable thing to take into account when you're trying to decide what you should do on an, on an annualized basis. Because again, the game here is not to pay less taxes in 2022. The game is to pay less taxes through your, throughout your entire lifetime. And then the other component to this, you need to ask yourself, and this is why it's really helpful to have your financial team talking to each other. Because if you're talking to your financial advisor about buying a house or buying an investment property or buying anything that is going to require an income verification and your tax advisor is unaware of that, again, your tax advisor might be of the, the camp that, hey, we're going to maximize the, the tax deduction. And if you're trying to buy a piece of property and they're maximizing all your tax benefits, that could be working against you when it comes to borrowing. So you might have another incentive to pull the pull that part of the conversation together saying, well, maybe I want my, my income to be a little bit higher this year. And that's part of the equation as well. If you're going to be buying a property or, or anything that's going to require any sort of loan that's going to require income verification. So that's that's something that you need to take into consideration here as well. But that's but that's really everything that I wanted to go over when it comes to SEP IRAs versus the solo 401ks. Again, just to recap, for the most part, the solo 401k is going to get you more bang for your buck in most categories. The SEP IRA thing is a great tool when you're going back in time. Like if you're just starting to work with somebody and you know it's September and they're like, well, what do we ha what can we do? Then the answer may be we have no choice but to do the SEP IRA. But one of the cool things is if you've if you've been doing the SEP for SEP IRA and you've just listened to this podcast and said, well, damn, like Pat has a point about how historically taxes might be favorable right now compared to where they may go in the future. You can have conversations with your tax person say, okay, well, I put my money into these SEP IRAs. Now what? Talk to them about converting it. You can do that. Like a Roth conversion from a SEP IRA into a Roth, that's doable. Again, you're going to pay the taxes right away, but this is where the, the, the whole planning process comes in because maybe your business, like let's use some real life scenarios. Again, it doesn't have to be for 2022, but here's some real life scenarios for you guys as fitness coaches. Let's say on a consistent basis, you're making, I'm just going to use a round number, half a million dollars in profit every year, half a million dollars. Now you're at a point where you're, you want to just scale the business, scale the value. You're starting to see the, the advantage of building a team. It's very possible that you go from making half a million dollars personally in net profit to $200,000 because you've put salespeople, junior coaches, senior coaches, whatever it is, 
you have a whole payroll now of people, which obviously they're going to scale up and start to bring on, bring on more people and grow the business. But you might go through quote unquote growth pains where you're incredibly profitable business. You've pivoted to trying to grow the value of the business, which in turn could temporarily, while you're investing in your team, reduce your profitability. That's another realistic scenario. Like we're talking about with your accountant you might say, okay, well, I'm used to making half a million dollars a year. And, you know, just for argument's sake, paying, you know, $150,000 in taxes. And then you come back and you say, wow, at $200,000 of profit, I'm only going to pay like $60,000 in, in taxes. Again, I'm just making these numbers up, but you might sit down with someone like myself and say, well, yeah, that's, that's the current scenario. But what if you rolled $100,000 out of that SEP IRA that you have and you put it into the Roth side, you know, now you might end up paying closer to $90,000 in taxes that year, but it's, it's taking advantage of the fact that while you built your team, you also delivered yourself an opportunity where you fell down a bunch of tax brackets. And what can you do to take advantage of that? These are the things you should be putting together in your head and why I feel like it's, it's valuable having the tax planning component because someone should be looking at your profit throughout the year and taking care. Like again, the, the, a lot of the tax planning that, that people do, you may, a lot of it, do it once and not need it again. For instance, once someone teaches you what all your deductions are, in theory, you're, you're not utilizing them on an annualized basis. Like if I teach you how to make a business trip out of the, a weekend getaway, I mean, that advice in theory, you only need once and you're going to do it and implement it. But this is a very valuable component of like having a CFO because you'd be looking like, Hey, just, you know, you're on pace for this much profit. Here's what we can do. Here's some tax strategies. How can we take advantage of all the money that you have in your other accounts? Again, like you want to do these tax loopholes while they're there. So I don't want to belabor that point, but I'm always trying to emphasize the value in ongoing planning. And this is part of it because you have people looking at the things that might be taken for granted as you're looking long-term. Again, like you might have a bunch of money in the SEP IRA that you've forgotten all about and you go to your financial team and you're like, hey, we're having a bad year profit-wise because of X, Y, and Z. And it could be a good thing. Like I've hired four people and they're kicking ass, but for the time being, while they ramp up, our profits are way lower. What are the opportunities that you can take advantage of on the tax side? That's something to always consider. So hopefully this is valuable. If it is, DM me questions or even if you have ideas for a podcast or questions like this is, you know, from my clients and people that, that I, that DM me and I meet, like, this is part of how I hope to keep the content as good as possible and constantly improve it. So if you have questions or if this is valuable, please share it and hope you guys have a great week. Bye. Thank you for joining us this week on build your wealth muscle. The links mentioned in this episode are available in the show notes for video clips and more information on tax and retirement strategies for fitness entrepreneurs, please follow my Instagram at the Pat Darby. If you found value in this episode, please do us a favor and share with a friend. If you tag me, that'd be appreciated also. Lastly, for help implementing any of the topics discussed, please book a call. The link is also in the show notes. Thank you again for listening and have a great day.